With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. That is our new intro. Shout out to Scotty Washington for making that happen. Um, if if you don't like the play or don't like the music, we can change it up. Just just add me. We'll figure it figure it all out. But this is the first blogger severe recruit report we've had since October, I think, uh, when we had Isaiah Muses on the show. That was a, a ton of fun. He was great to to have as a guest. And and so we, we pretty much have a lot to talk about. So you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's jump right into it. So in that time, right before the Belk Bowl happened, the David Clawson and his staff sent out 21 scholarships for National Signing Day for the football program, and they got 21 back. No drama on signing day is a good signing day. What did the Deeks make out with in the early signing period? Yeah, I mean, I mean like you said, no drama is a good day. I mean, you never want to have some ambiguity when you're, when you're sending out those letters. And so this is a third year in a row that we've gotten every single letter back. Um, and, and I think the main thing it says, just the kids who gave you their verbal commitments want to be there. And the staff, through the algorithm that they're using through Z-Crew, uh, they know who they want, and, and these players stay loyal throughout the process. And so um, I, I really like this whole class. I mean, we just added a new verbal commit today. We'll talk about him a little bit later on the show. So it's 22 deep now, uh, a lot of positions covered, and, and a ton of um, talent coming in the, in the Winston. All right, so let's start to break this class down. First by location, six guys are coming to the Deeks next year from the great state of Georgia. That is the same number as 2017. After that, the next most are Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, and uh, a couple others scattered from there. That's pretty consistent with where the staff has been pulling commitments from in recent years. Seems like they've developed some pipelines, particularly in the Georgia area. Yeah, it de- definitely. And the pipeline states, it's so funny to look at the, the stats and, and see where the, the staff has been pulling from. So a couple of years ago, in 2015, uh, we had guys coming from California, from Florida, from Texas. You look down in 2018, 19 of our 22 commits so far have come from North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, or South Carolina. Just three guys come from other states. And, and so the staff is really kind of honing in on that strategy of making sure that Guys who are committing are within just a four or five hours saying they can get them on campus multiple times. They can see them live and watch some of their games. And Georgia's really been the state that's been the top pipeline. I mean, I I looked at this earlier today. We've had seven defensive back commits since 2016 from that state alone. And so that's become, you you make relationships with the coaches, with the scouts in that area, with the high schools, and it can really pay off uh, in in dividends later on and, and getting more and more recruits. So Really cool to see kind of the pipeline states have been developing and, and a ton of talent coming in from those four states alone. 
Absolutely. Defensive backs is a huge part of this class as well. Now four deep in the defensive backfield for the incoming freshmen. Also four defensive linemen coming in next year and four offensive linemen. Talk a little bit about Kenneth Dix because he's one of these defensive backs from Georgia who for no particular reason uh, wasn't as highly ranked as possibly you or I thought he could have been. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Dix, simply put, is an absolute stud, right? He had over 20 D1 offers. Um, he's the type of guy, I think, three or four years ago, we don't land. He had the top spark score, which is a rating that's widely regarded as the way that kind of displays athleticism. It, it measures speed, power, quickness, agility. He had the top spark score of any cornerback in the entire nation, according to ESPN. So this guy is an absolute athletic freak. And, and I think the reason why he chose Wake is very similar to a lot of the other reasons why players choose Wake, right? They love the academic pitch, and that's a 40-year decision, not a four-year decision. He loves the fact that the program continues to grow in the right direction. And, and when he committed over the summer, and this was just coming after the military bowl, not even factoring in the Belk Bowl and, and how the program looks now over the next five years to continue to grow and potentially compete for ACC championships down the line. I think Kenneth Dix is the perfect type of kind of uh, prototype of the guy that we're trying to bring in here. And, and he'll be able to compete for playing time from day one with the, uh, the attrition that we've had at that position. I think he brings up a little bit of a larger discussion about football recruiting, though. And if you're not a 200 or top 250 or top 400 player in the country, how are scouting services really going to know how good you are? The proof's in the pudding for the Clawson staff, right? Their last four rankings before – their last four classes have come in with the following rankings. 2017, the 74th class. 2016 – the 61st class, 2015, the 52nd class, and 2014, the 59th class. This class is going to come in somewhere in the low to mid-50s. It was 55 after National Signing Day. The Austin commitment today uh, likely will bump that up a little bit. But those, those recruiting rankings aren't necessarily where the team's going to finish. We just watched an 8-5 and five team win the Belk Bowl over an SEC school and I can guarantee you A&M had all top 30 and top 40 classes coming in. So not only has the Clawson staff been able to identify and develop guys, but they're way out, uh, they're, they're way out shooting uh, their rankings of the guys that they're bringing in. Completely. And I think it, like you said, brings up a bigger discussion of why isn't Wake actually finishing with top 50 classes every year at, the main thing, it comes down to the benefit of the doubt and, and the fact that a lot of scouting services aren't going to look at Wake as a school that when it offers a certain prospect, that that is a really highly touted offer. Uh, it's, it's completely unfair based on recent years, but that's just the, matter, the, the, the fact of the matter, right? And so if, if Kenneth Dix had picked up an offer from Ole Miss, say, and committed there, I doubt Kenneth Dix is not rated in the top 300. I mean, he's a, the top athletic cornerback in the entire 2018 class. And if he's committing to an SEC school, people are all on him, and he's a high four-star and, and um, whatever it goes. But right now, when Wake offers a school, the scouting services aren't going to be willing to say, oh, that, you know what, now that Wake's coming after him, let's have him in the top 400. It's just not how they see things. Um, and, and so I think it's hard for Wake to constantly be ranked uh, or get guys ranked in the top 400, top 500 players in the country because of that kind of perception that people have, even with the most recent – uh, winning seasons that Dave Clawson has been able to put together. I think the other kind of factor of it all is, is that after the top maybe 300 players, I mean, it's a total crapshoot what, what these guys are ranked, right? There's no way that the guys at 247 Sports ha- know the difference between a guy through a couple minutes of huddle film and maybe seeing them at camp for two or three plays, the difference between the 400th player 
and the 1200 player uh, in the entire nation. I mean, they're playing against different competition. They're play, like, they're, they're not seeing enough overall time and, and their overall skill set to be able to rank that effectively. So naturally they go based right. on options. And when you have a school like Wake, who's not going to get the benefit of the doubt, then rarely are you going to get the guys who are, um, who are top 500 and, and borderline four stars. So what you really have to do as a Wake fan is do you trust the staff is going to be, find, be able to find Diamond in the rough? Yes. I mean, Jesse Bates was a two-star. Greg Dortch is a two-star. Saying Bassey wasn't ranked in the top 1,500 players in the entire class, uh, in the entire 2015 class, and he's an all-ACC corner. If you trust the staff's going to find the guys, then to me, I, I don't really care where we finish in the recruiting rankings. I care with the type of championships and rings we win down the line. And right now, the staff's been able to build towards that, and, and the recruiting rankings will come in time. Well, the proof's in the pudding, right? We just watched a very good football team for 13 games. And they won eight of those games with 12 freshmen or redshirt freshmen in the 2D. That 2017 yeah. class came in at 74th. I, I tweeted this out a little while ago, and I think you and Riley saw it as well. Sang Bassey was backed up by Kobe Davis or Jossier Taylor. Jossier Taylor and Kobe Davis were both two-star corners, and they were both true freshmen backing up a true sophomore who became an all-ACC corner and was also a two-star. So past a certain point, there, there's just a, a track record here that we have to rely on. One of those guys who was fairly highly recruited uh, or fairly highly ranked, I should say, uh, was Sam Hartman. He was the first guy to commit to this 2018 class. He's a quarterback coming in from Oceanside, South Carolina. He also just enrolled early. Yeah, I mean, I love Sam Hartman's game. And obviously, you always want that pioneer of your class to be a guy who will be able to recruit others. And Sam Hartman's been that for the last two years. Just an absolute great advocate for the program. And I don't think we'd have as good of a class as we do without Sam Hartman and the work he's been able to do to recruit some of his classmates. I'm really excited about him. The fact that he's enrolling early in January is, is a huge, uh, huge bonus for him to get an extra six months in the weight room and, and be able to play in the spring game. And I think that's true for all the, uh, the early signees. Really excited for all of them on campus. Yeah, let's roll through those other early signees real quick. It's Blake, Blake Whitehart, uh, uh, tight end out of North Carolina. Nasir Greer, one of those defensive backs from Georgia. Zion Keith, another defensive back. Michael Jurgens, an offensive lineman. And Kalasia Brown. Those guys are on campus because of the early graduation of Cam Serenay, Grant Dawson, Mike Weaver, Wendell Dunn, Jabari Williams, and Duke Ejiofor. And Sam Hartman getting Sam on campus early is so important for a lot of reasons, right? But most importantly, because there's this quarterback competition because John Wolfers just graduated as well. Yeah. I mean, I think getting Sam Hartman for that quarterback competition is huge, but let's also not like kind of put down the fact Blake Whitehart, we just lost Cam Serenay and Devin Pike to graduation. So Blake Whitehart getting him on campus in the weight room as a guy, local guy, Winston-Salem product, he can compete for tight end snaps this year as, as a true freshman. And so I think having him on campus is just as big as getting Sam Hartman on campus early. You look at the other guys like Nazir Greer and Zion Keith, right? Those are two defensive backs. We're losing Jesse Bates, Troy Simon, Deontay Austin, the latter two to transferring the first one to be, to get paid in the NFL and getting those two guys to back up in the defensive back depth is just as important. And then I, I think the last thing about the early signees I'll talk about, and then we'll jump into the quarterback competition is it's interesting the fact that four out of the six early enrollees were one of the first members to commit in the class. So Sam Hartman was first. Zion Keith was shortly after. You have Kalijah Brown as the fourth verbal commit, and Blake Whitehart is the fifth. And so I think when you see this 2019 class and how it rolls out, look at these guys who are committing early on the process as potential guys who come to campus early 
uh, and, and potentially be January enrollees and therefore probably have a better chance to compete for playing time as a freshman. Just a couple of things. Like when you see Brendan Clark and Tristan Miller, I'd be willing to bet a little bit of money that they, those two guys will be early enrollees down the line, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, definitely. So let's not forget about the fact that only five true freshmen played this year. The other 17 redshirted, and they will be on campus as freshmen uh, again. Mm-hmm. Who are some redshirt freshmen, lest we forget big Mike Allen, uh, defensive end, and, and a few other guys who might have redshirted, who redshirted for sure, but might not, have, uh, might not be in the forefront of a lot of people's minds right now? Yeah, I think in the defensive backs, I mean, we've talked about this a number of times over the last couple of months. A guy like Ty Hardiman, who was one of the highest rate recruits in the 2017 class, he redshirted. But with those transfers and with Bates leaving, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting significant time. And with Greer and Keith coming on campus this January and getting a full uh, eight months before their first game to potentially play as freshmen, I think they'll have a good shot. And Kenneth Dix, again, we've talked about he has the athletic body to play right away in the ACC. Uh, you mentioned some of those red shirts. So Mike Allen, obviously we're losing Wendell Dunn and Duke Edgefor. And this guy just had a, a pro body coming out of high school at 6'6". Um, he's probably put on an extra 30, 40 pounds of muscle since then. Uh, I, I love Mike Allen's game. And I think he'll be a guy to definitely look out for next season as a true breakout player. Um, I was looking at Chase Monroe here. Uh, unfortunately, suffering that ACL tear recently is going, going to knock him out of next season probably. Uh, but Jeffrey Burley, who, who redshirted last year, he's a guy at the linebacker position I really like uh, to fill in for Jabari Williams and Grant Dawson. Um, he had an absolute phenomenal high school career, and I think he's, uh, he's a real guy to look out for. Um, and then the last redshirt guy I'll mention is Christian Beal. Uh, so another local prospect from the Winston-Salem area. He'll, I think he's really dynamic. You could put him in the slot. You could put him as like kind of an all-purpose back. Christian Beal and, it's, and the, having that year to develop Really excited to see what he can bring in the black and gold next year. On signing day, Clawson said that despite this class being big and 21 deep, they were likely only 90 to 95% done. One of those guys came off the board today, Marcus Alston Jr., another defensive back out of Georgia. Yep. But there could be another one to two guys that uh, might get picked up in this class. Who would those targets even be? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'll talk about Marquis Austin Jr. Um, committed today. He's a tall corner, six six one, really good speed. I like his huddle film a ton. He picked up a, an offer from West Virginia over the summer at a camp, and I think he was really under the radar. So I like this pickup, kind of continuing that defensive back Georgia pipeline that we have. And I messaged him earlier today uh, to send my congratulations. I, th- I think another guy is Braden Willis. So we offered him a couple weeks ago. He's a tight end athlete out of Texas. Um, and he was kind of this region 6A MVP in Texas, which is a huge honor. I mean, the, the schools that he was playing against, they send D1 talent pretty much all across the country. I, I would have considered us the leader here um, until Oklahoma came in and gave an offer last week. And Oklahoma, obviously, a more local school for him um, coming off a, a trip to the college football playoff. They're going to be tough to beat. And so if they get an official visit with him next week before National Signing Day, I'm not uh, too optimistic about it. But – He's another guy. He took an official visit this weekend. We'll see how the next couple of days play out. And then when I'm thinking about, okay, we don't want to just give a guy an offer for the sake of giving him an offer, right? So this 2018 class might be done after Austin, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. put down the fact that we might actually go after a grad transfer in this. And one name I'm going to throw out is Dylan Cauley, uh, which is Austin Cauley's younger brother. 
He's been one of the best players on Hawaii the last couple of years. He's a kind of a slot wide receiver, but can also play on the outside and could really contribute. Reminds me a lot of Alex Bachman or a Ryan Switzer type at UNC. And I really like his game a lot. And, and I know that the staff is looking at him too. So keep an eye out for Dylan Cauley. Obviously he's not on the same timeline as committing before national signing day as a grad transfer, but I wouldn't be surprised if we hear his name in the next couple of weeks as well. And whether they add anybody to this class or not, this is already a phenomenal class. And it was a class that was really built off the back of the military bowl win last year. We talked a little bit about that over the summer, the 2019 class looking ahead is going to be a class that's built off this belt bowl win. And it already has a couple of commitments in the bag. One of them is a top hundred quarterback in Brendan Clark. Talk a little bit about where the 2019 class could go and how it could look 12 months from now. Yeah. I mean, I think this belt bowl victory is going to be absolutely huge in the building of this class. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that we'd pick up all the studs that we did in the 2018 class without going seven and six and getting that, that awesome military bowl win. I think you just reset the bar now, right? Like you are, no longer going after three stars with maybe only a couple of power five offers. You need to be aggressive in who you're going after and picking up guys with five, six, seven other um, elite offers and beating out those teams now because you actually have a resume for progress in this program. You went three and nine, three and nine, get a bowl win. And then this past year, getting a, going eight and five when people weren't even projecting us to go to a bowl. The, the groundwork's been set. And now it's just a fact of executing and getting these, these commits that are, have offers from SEC, Big Ten, Big 12 schools. So, but Brendan Clark, absolute stud. He was 6A Region B Player of the Year in Virginia as a junior, which is phenomenal. Uh, he can actually sling it 6'2", 210. Um, I, I think he's going to be a huge piece in recruiting others, just like Sam Hartman was, and I'm really excited about him. Um, he might be able to contribute day one as a quarterback commit. We'll go into Tristan Miller. So he's an offensive tackle from Charlotte Country Day. Uh, which is the same school actually Michael Radford came from, the quarterback from the 2013 class, um, and, and a friend, a close friend of mine as well. So he had offers from Duke, Maryland, Louisville, UNC, NC State, South Carolina. Those are the schools that we want to beat out for recruits. And I think Tristan Miller, the fact that we're landing Clark and Miller to start this class just sets a, a precedent for how the staff is going to be, how aggressive the staff is going to be, and, and who they're looking for. Uh, a couple other names I'll throw out here quickly to keep an eye on: Jaquan McMillan. Uh, he's a West Forsyth local prospect, cornerback, offers from Duke, USC, Q's, the same schools we've been mentioning. We got a crystal ball from last month, um, and, and I think we're still very much in the mix here and, and potentially expecting a commitment in the next couple months if all things goes accordingly. Jeremiah Gray is a defensive back prospect as well. He has an offer from Penn State, South Carolina, and Purdue. He's good friends with Tristan Miller, plays for Charlotte Christian. We're targeting that area heavily in this class. Um, and, and I think he's one of the top targets. And then there's a couple other names I'll throw out. Winston Wright, Devin Ellison, uh, Mario Kendricks is a guy we offered last month. Just a couple things to keep an eye on. Very early in the 2019 class, right? A lot, a lot of things can change, but I like how we're starting this off on uh, or how we're starting the class off. And it'll be really fun to see how this plays out. Let's switch over to the hardwood for a second. And I know there aren't a ton of positive vibes in the dole these days. But if there, are some, uh, if there are some silver linings to look forward to, it's that this 2018 class, which got locked up in the early signing period as well, the staff went four for four with uh, letters of intent from Jalen Horde, Isaiah Musish, Sharon Wright Jr., and Jamie Lewis. Yep. Let's, let's, let's be positive here and think about, okay, these four guys are joining the program. 
led by five-star Jalen Horde, four-star Isaiah Muchis. Jamie Lewis and Sharon Wright also have four stars on them from various scouting services. What could these guys bring to the Deeks in 2018-2019? And, and let's try to inject a little bit of positive flavor onto the, uh, onto the basketball court right now. I like it. I like it. I think we need a little bit of positive flavor here. So, I mean, Jalen Horde, to be quite honest, is the exact prospect we've been looking to get since Alfred Lucanini. I mean, he's 6'8", can score at multiple levels. I think the most underrated aspect of his entire game is his hands and how soft his hands are. He's the type of player when he's running down the court, he's, he's like John Collins, that when you threw a, a breakaway pass to John Collins, you were never concerned that he was going to bring that in and put it up and, and score the bucket. And, and Jalen Horde plays very similar to that. And Jalen Horde also, I think, is an elite passer that people don't really see that because people just see his backwards or his backward behind-the-back passes and, and dunks, and he's incredibly flashy. So – those are things that stand out. He's a great passer. He's a great shooter, and he's going to start day one. I, I wouldn't be surprised next November. Isaiah Muses, I like his game a lot. Brewster Academy's having another good season, um, and I think he'll be able to contribute. Sharon Wright Jr. down at Legacy Early College in South Carolina is averaging 15, 6, and 4. Um, he's going to be an interesting prospect just because if we play him at the point guard position, he could be a total mismatch um, at, at 6, 6, 6, 7 potentially. We haven't had a point guard prospect that tall in a long, long time. He's going to be fun to watch. And Jamie Lewis, I know a lot of people don't know that much about him. He's no longer playing at Finley Prep. He's actually taking his senior year off just to prepare it and get his, get his game right and, and fully healthy for Wake Forest. But all in all, it's a great 2018 class. And it might not be done with. We're still targeting a couple other guys. Yeah, so one of those other guys is EJ Montgomery. He's a top 10 player in the country, still in the early days of his recruitment uh, because of the FBI scandal at Auburn. But Wake seems to be in the mix there. They even visited him last week. Where does his recruitment stand right now? Yeah, so we're in his, uh, his top 11 schools. I'm not sure how much of an honor that is, but we are. And the other schools that are on there are UK, Duke, UNC, I mean the Blue Bloods. Um, you have Vanderbilt, Clemson, where he's taking unofficial visits to. He's going to be cutting his list down to five in the next week or so. It'll be interesting to see if Wade can actually be in that top five. I know Danny Manning was watching him last Wednesday, um, and, and the, he's definitely coming after him hard, and he'd be a huge piece. He's now a top ten five-star prospect in the 2018 class. I just think it's going to be really hard to ble- beat out some of those schools. Uh, he picked up a couple crystal ball predictions to Duke after they landed Zion Williamson, which just makes me really upset in general with how the ACC is going to look over the next <laughs> couple of years. But, uh, I think we're in the mix here, but it's going to be really hard to beat out these schools. Danny Manning is going to have to really sell hard the fact that he can develop EJ Montgomery into one of the best players in college basketball and, and be ready for the NBA. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, EJ Montgomery can really buy into that pitch. The 2019 class is really just starting to take shape here. There's a local guy, Wendell Moore, who you and I have talked about constantly over the course of the last few years. Wake was one of his first offers, and it looks like his recruitment could kind of be coming to a head soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Wendell Moore a ton. Uh, obviously, he's a top 40 prospect. We've been on him uh, for the better part of two and a half years now. It's going to be Wake and UNC here at, at, until the very end. Duke, also people think that they have a chance, but they already have a five-star prospect in Joey Baker committed at the same exact position. Their favorites for uh, Scotty Lewis or Brian, Brian Antoine, who are also five stars, higher up on their board. I think this comes down to Wake and UNC uh, obviously Wake's not having the best year and I don't think that really helps our cause, but UNC isn't really one of the top programs right now. 
um, nationally. I mean, they're, they're probably going to finish in the 10 to 25 range, but not be competing for a national championship. Um, so we might be able to land Wendell more if, if just that uh, family relationship that we've had for uh, since 2014 really pays off. Um, but having him as being the main guy in this class that can recruit others would be absolutely massive. I mean, can't stress that enough. And if there is one positive there, it's the fact that, well, he has been on campus a ton over the course of the last four years. So yeah. hopefully he's not making a six-month decision. Hopefully he's making a decision over the course of uh, everything he's seen and, you know, seeing the Joel get going a couple times last year as well can't hurt. So a couple other guys who could be targets. Basketball recruiting tends to move a little bit faster than football recruiting, but it seems like we're still in the early stages, not a whole lot of unofficials so far this season. No, not a full lot of unofficials. I, I'm not sure what that really says. I mean, in the past, we've had people take unofficials in November and December, um, but when the team's also not playing that well, it, I think it's tougher to, to get guys coming onto campus. Um, but you, you have guys like, I, I think Deuce Dean is a name to look out for. He visited on November 3rd, uh, he's a 6'3 combo guard. Our com- competition there is Virginia Tech, UVA. Um, Anthony Harris is another name. I think Virginia Tech, UVA are also kind of in the mix there. Um, and Jalen Leck, so he's a five-star point guard uh, over from um, Western North Carolina at, at the Christ School and near the Asheville area. We're going to be competing. I mean, we've been on him. We we're his first high major offer, um, but we're competing with the Kentuckys and the Dukes of the world and uh, I know Danny Manning has been over and seen him a couple of times. Getting him on campus for an official visit would be absolutely huge. But again, that's going to be, that stuff's not going to take place till the summer and, and next fall. It's just about kind of riding through this kind of tough time with the basketball program, getting through the season and then pitching to them that this 2018 class is coming in. It's going to be phenomenal. And from then on, the program's really taking a step in the right direction. You can be a part of it. And the staff has known to move fast on some guys. I would assume was barely on our radar last May and less than five months later was on campus for an official visit. So there's always the possibility that guys come out of the woodwork, especially because there's a full 18 months before they even get on campus for real. So let's dive into the demons then. I'm going to throw five questions at you. You're going to give me a quick answer. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. 2019 football recruit fans should most keep an eye on. I'm going to say Jaquan McMillan there. Um, we picked up a crystal ball prediction for him. He's a local prospect. He's been on campus numerous times. I like him a lot. Uh, this is a little bit of a layup of the 2018 basketball freshman most likely to work his way into the rotation. Yeah, the obvious answer there is Jalen Horde, but I think actually um, Isaiah Mush is another name uh, that I'll throw here. I think he can definitely have significant minutes next year. He brings something we don't really have right now. It's a 6'8 wing. Um, I think he can help significantly on the defensive side of the ball. They can definitely find uh, ways to get bucks as well. The 2019 football class will be ranked higher than the 2018 class. What say you? I'm going to buy that. Yeah, I, I think with the start of this class, Tristan Miller and, and Brendan Clark, that's a great start. They'll recruit others. And you look at the guys that we're recruiting right now uh, heavily. We'll land a couple more. And once you have the momentum, momentum breeds more momentum. We'll be fine. And the 2019 class will end up higher. Give me one breakout offensive and defensive player for the football squad next season. Ooh, I'm going to say Arkeem Burton, the offensive side of the ball. Love what I saw in a few pieces uh, in, his, in his redshirt freshman year. Defensive side of the ball, Mike Allen. You have those defensive end kind of snaps available with Edge of Four and Wendell Dundon, or Wendell Dunn now gone. Uh, love Mike Allen there. Rank the, the Belt Bowl experience all time in your favorite wake memory. 
Yeah. I mean, that was just a phenomenal day in general. I know you came down uh, from the New York area and we got to spend together and, and got to meet people on the blogger. So dear crew, as well as just meet so many fun people along the way and, and the game itself, right. I mean, going down 14 to being up 17 to having the nerve wracking experience at the end and winning in the final couple of minutes, that's number one for me. And hopefully it will continue to be number one as long as these recruiting classes continue to pick up and, and we can build on our momentum for years to come. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Blogger So Dear Recruit Report. For my brother, Ned Harwood, I'm Whit Harwood. And make sure to check out bloggersodear.com for all of your Wake Forest sports updates. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, and go Deeks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.